Tales from the Wild. Stories from the Heart. A journey into the mind and soul of fired up business professionals where they share their vision for the future. And hear from a different non-profit organization every month as they create awareness of their goals and their needs. Dive into a world of untamed passion as we join our host Shireen Buerta for this month's episode of Friends from Wild Places. Right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Friends from Wild Places. I am so excited to have you all back listening. If you are there listening, if you're not and you got over it by the first or second episode, that's okay. This is not everyone's cup of tea and that's all right. So for everyone out there, thank you so much for your support. And I'm so excited that you guys are all here. So... Yeah, Shireen here. I am your virtual bookkeeper and QuickBooks advisor from Shireen's Bookkeeping Services. Jen, have you ever seen a cyclist without a bike completing a goal of finishing a race? Well, in the same way, you can't have QuickBooks online without a bookkeeper and have accurate, successful books. It's the sum of the two that gets you the complete package and avoids making valuable time-consuming mistakes in your taxes, budget, growth, and cash flow. A business owner doesn't have time to waste because time is money. So call me today, your bookkeeper for the future. If you want to know more, go check me out on www.shereensbookkeeping.com and keep your books clean. Right, Jen? Yes. <laughs> That's totally so awesome. Agree. Okay, great. I'm so glad to introduce my co-host for today. This is Jen Watkins, the owner of Projects from Within Reach. So I'm so excited to have you today. So hi, Jen. Welcome. Hi, Shereen. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so um, grateful to be here for sure. Yeah, well, you are so welcome. And how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm enjoying the summer with my with my kids. I brought you into a kitchen for a little kitchen chat today. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's there's reasons behind it that we'll get into a little later, but yeah. Right. So, Jen is a designer of kitchens and bathrooms. So, we're going to get into that, but yeah, it's so good to have you and yeah, so I have in my life at the moment, going through a couple of things. As you know, Jen, I came back from the Kalahari not so long ago. And unfortunately, yeah. during my trip, my little mm. sausage dog, Rolo, had a little bit of an accident. So she kind of walked into a thorn and the thorn penetrated her eye, unfortunately. And so oh. uh, being in the middle of nowhere, I had to travel quite far to get Rolo to a vet that mm. wasn't really capable to handle such injuries but she did her best and I'm very grateful for her just to stabilize the injury until we got back home which was a week and a little bit after that and then when we got back home we went to we've been going to an eye specialist Dr. Webster he's been fantastic and we've been fighting really hard to save that little eye but what I wanted to say was when we were in Kalahari the going back and forth 
in the middle of nowhere. I just, I was so scared. I was so full of fear and I was just praying every day, like, please, Lord, don't let Rolo lose her eye, please. I don't want to lose Rolo either because what if she has to be put under and what if I lose her because she's got a heart condition and oh I was just consumed with fear of losing Rolo and on one of my drives to the vet in the Kalahari I just got this while I was just praying I just got this feeling that God was saying why are you so fearful Shireen why are you so full of fear and I'm the one that gave you Rolo in the first place as a companion in the same way, right. when it's time for Rolo to go, it's time for Rolo to go. And you need to be okay with that and rather put your trust and your faith in me and, and not in Rolo. And, um, 100%. Right. And that was a big eye-opener for me because I do. I mean, I put everything in Rolo. And at this point, that's my biggest fear in my life right now is losing Rolo because she's taken such a big part of my life. And she's your baby. Right. And I know don't want to have that anymore. I want instead, I feel like, you know, no matter what happens, that God's before me, He prepares a way for me, I'll be okay. I'm not trying to be all spiritual on you right now. It's just this is no, no, no life. And this is what I'm going through. And and I'm giving you a little bit of a window of a personal look into my life and what I'm going through. Unfortunately, you feel comfortable because you're in my kitchen. This is why (laughs) your kitchen has just given me this whole comfortable look. And I just feel like I can open my heart to you. So thank you, Jen. (laughs) No, 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 it's okay. But it's a thing that, you know, even, even as a mom, you know, of human children and of, you know, being a pet mom as well, like we all have this fear. We all have this guilt. We all have this, you know, everything. So I totally understand where you're coming from. I, I remember so I had a cat before I still have a cat but I had a cat before and his name was Bosley and he just was always there and he just always was that foundation and Mm -hmm. and that rock and so I totally get where you're coming from and you know we always have this what's that saying like things come into your life for for a reason right like Rolo is here in your life for a reason now and it doesn't mean you know she's here for you know one minute or or 10 years or 12 years or whatever like it's done for, for a reason. Every, everything in life has a, has a reason. And, you know, and we all have, I always say we all have our own baggage, right? So different experiences that you have kind of shape the way your life is. So I, I, no, I don't, (laughs) I feel, I feel you. (laughs) Thank you. Well, as I said, next week, Tuesday, Rolo's going in to get her eye removed so um that is that is the situation right now so we're still going through it but I feel a little bit better knowing that you know I'm with Rolo all the way we're together all the way through this and no matter what happens I'm gonna be okay and so is Rolo no matter what this end might be and where this road might take me and Rolo it's gonna be okay right and she's I mean, that dog has been put through, I feel like everything. Um, and right. for, for your listeners that don't know, maybe they should listen longer. But man, this dog just keeps, it gets, she gets a roadblock and she's like, cool, I'll go this way. And another roadblock, okay, I'll go this way. Like, man. <laughs> right. I mean, animals can teach you a lot. So I feel a lot of life lessons. I feel yes. like they're good examples. Yes. And yeah, she's a fighter. She's gone through a lot and she's still going. And you know what? I've got to allow her to be a dog 
and I've got to allow her to explore and have fun and and have the best life that she can while she's on right. this earth. And if right. that means she gets into unfortunate little accidents, well, Rolo and I will go through whatever that might be and we'll be okay. <laughs> right. But isn't that a good life lesson, right? Like keep going. You want to live your life to the fullest, right? Isn't, isn't, well, I know for me, like my dream is to, you know, travel the world and see everything that I can see. So, you know, if you get a little hiccup, you know, I would call, I would call COVID a little hiccup in my travel plans. But... A little hiccup. I think it's been everyone's hiccup for three years now. Yeah. <laughs> but, getting... know, just keep going. So yeah, maybe Rolo's your spirit animal and we just don't know it yet. Maybe. Thanks, Jen. I appreciate you listening to my little live story. But so all the listeners out there, I'd love to tell you how I actually know and how I met Jen. Surprise, surprise. It was through our BNI group. Wow. <laughs> what? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So yeah, don't be surprised. Jen was a part of my chapter called High Performance Referrals. She's no longer with us. But Jen's going to mention a few things that she took away from BNI and the time that she was at BNI. Hey, Jen. Um, <laughs> so I was in the BNI group of high performance referrals, and I'm going to apologize for all my ums and ands and whatever to everybody out there. So get ready to hear them all. I um, was in high performance referrals for about a year, um, and that's how I met Shireen. I joined uh, BNI because when I became a business owner, my network was very, very small because of the, the companies that I had worked for before, and I needed to connect with other business owners. So that's what I went into BNI for. I definitely have got, I got some great connections and it definitely helped my, my business grow. And I still have those connections, even though I'm not in BNI any longer. And there is a path that I come back to BNI at some point. It's just not right now. But yeah, uh, it definitely helped me grow. My business is growing. Thankfully, I'm thankful for that every day. And I'm thankful for people that allow me to, you know, come into their homes and, and do what I do. Yeah, that's my, the same goes for me so far when it comes to BNI and my experience with BNI is the biggest value is building relationships. And so 100%. far, that's my favorite one. Yeah. And yeah. I met you. So yeah, yeah, I mean, if there's anyone out there that I'm going to encourage everyone again, that is a business owner and professional, that it is so crucial for you to be part of a networking group. It's a great way to build connections, build your networking group, build your business. You know, it has many different perks to it. So, for sure. Yeah. And I'm going to interrupt you for two seconds. Yeah, go ahead. And just, I'm sure you'll put this out there, but I definitely feel like it's worth at least visiting. Um, you know, there's no pressure to visit. You can see kind of what it's like. You can connect with other business professionals. And, you know, if you go and visit and you can, you are like, oh, hey, I needed to talk to a virtual bookkeeper like Shireen or there's some other members that are, are amazing. You know, it's at least putting yourself out there and kind of getting that one step forward because you have to kind of prepare a little speech as well to kind of explain who you are. And I know that was, I was not ready for that, you know, a year ago. And now, you know, I've kind of got it dialed in and now it's like, cool, how do I want to direct my elevator pitch is, 
you know, how we, how we say it. So, but yeah, it's definitely worth a, a, a look, a peek, a step in, however you want right. to, you know. Yeah, it. no, definitely. I mean, if there's anyone out there that can do their business from anywhere in the world or is situated in the Bay Area, California, because that is the area that we service, please go ahead and email me at shireen at shireensbookkeeping.com. That is shireen at shireensbookkeeping.com. Or if you're watching on YouTube, please go ahead and comment in the comments below and tell us a little bit about yourself and your business. And let's set you up for a visitation to High Performance Referrals, which is every Tuesday at 7 a.m. on Zoom. So we are a permanently online networking group, which is even more of a bonus. You don't have to go anywhere. Rise and shine, join your tribe, seven o'clock in the morning, have your coffee and network. And it's a whole lot of fun. So yeah, so if that's, you want to try it out, please go ahead and uh, contact me today and I encourage you, if it's not us, find your networking group somewhere, anywhere. It's always, it's so much of an awesome thing to have when you're a business owner and a professional. Correct. It's totally needed too, just to kind of, you know, spew ideas out and see what other people have. Because everybody has their own, you know, their own baggage, their own stories, like we said earlier. Exactly. So just a couple of categories that we are looking for. Just open your mind and maybe snap you. If you hear you somewhere in here and then you go oh that's me you know let me let me go ahead and email so we do need a lawyer an architect a cpa stop laughing at me jen (laughs) an enrolled agent structural engineer graphic designer and that's just some of the few if i I don't mention you here and you want to come and visit anyway please go ahead i didn't mention all the categories that are open in our group And there's one seat per category. So you won't have more than one of your section of. There's no competition. No competition. (laughs) (laughs) So that's awesome. Okay, let's get back to Jen. All right, Jen. So, yes, you are a designer of kitchens and baths. I would love you to tell me a little bit about yourself and your background, please. Okay. So yeah, I am a kitchen and bath designer and I specify it specifically that way. Not that I can't do other spaces within the home, but that is my passion. That is, that is my niche. I love kitchens and bathrooms. I love all the technical uh, things that go into it. It's literally like playing a giant Tetris game every day. So if... (laughs) Of you that that remember Tetris and and growing up with those, you know, the Game Boys back in the day. Yeah, Um, that was that was it. Um, But for me, I'm a mom first and foremost. I have a wonderful husband. I have three awesome kids. I have an older son, and then I have six year old twins. So yeah, it's it's a lot. And then you know, business owners in there as well. So right. (laughs) non-stop like the energizer bunny absolutely and when I say your background did you have you always lived in in America or always lived in America and I have always lived in California because that is that is home so all right so did you go to school there I yeah I went to school there I went to uh, I actually went to a junior college first so I don't know in South Africa if they have junior college but basically it's 
like a two-year college um, and then you can either get like a certificate or uh, a degree there and then you can transfer over to a university right. um, which I did. I went to Sacramento State go Hornets um, <laughs> <laughs> and I actually so I originally went to school for interior design which everybody's like of course she did she's a designer um, my degree is actually not in interior design I got really really stressed and I got this thing called stress rash and it actually made it like literally I had like rash all down my arms and it made it so I, it was hard to to move my arms and at that point to get your degree in interior design you had to first prove everything that you could do it by hand and then you transferred it to the computer which it's not so much that way anymore but you still have to, you know, it's like when you learn something, like you have to learn step by step by step. And so that's how, how design is. But my degree is actually in art history, or sorry, is in history with a, a minor in art history. So I learned like the history of, you know, everything. So it kind of roundabouts back to design and people are like, okay, so how did she get into this? I graduated, for those of you that don't know, I graduated in, for everybody, in 2008, which is when the economy pretty much crashed and people weren't hiring for, you know, my dream job was to work in a museum and help teach kids that came into the museum about uh, history, about art, about all this, this passion and love that I have for all of this. And that just wasn't going to happen. <laughs> but I was working at a little uh, retailer, you might know of it, it's called Ikea, or better pronounced Ikea. <laughs> right. Uh, in America, we butcher everything, so I, I'm going to apologize for, for it all. But I, I worked there, and, you know, they were like, hey, you're, you're a mover, you're a shaker, we're going to keep in, uh, promoting you. And I was like, oh, wait, the economy's crashing, you guys want to pay me and promote me? Cool, I'll stay here and, and work up this ladder. But that was not really my dream to be a, a retail manager. It just was, you know, the job. But I was enjoying what I was doing. But what's funny is I, I kind of always managed to be in a remodel while at Ikea in different positions, but I always seemed to land on a remodel somewhere in the store. And so it kind of became funny and I became known as the remodel manager. Nice. Uh, but I, I worked in kitchens and I worked in bathrooms oh. um, and I would help clients, you know, little by little about different, you know, they bring in their plans. You say, cool, here you go. You know, that was it. And I was like, nice. wait, wait but I want to see what happens. Like, show me what happens. And so it just, yeah, it just, I, some people would come back and show photos, but it just was like, you got a little dip into it. And when my, when my twins were born, life has a way of being like, Hey, this maybe isn't the path anymore. You know, just kind of like you were talking about with Rolo, like mm -hmm. you were going out, you're going to have this grand adventure and whoops, something happened. And so my twins were born and we knew that there was a possibility of twins. So for people going, oh, did she know? It was natural, just in case you want to oh, know, it was natural. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah. And so my priorities changed because I, I am a very workaholic person. That's just in my, that's how I was raised. I had two, um, my grandmother and my mother are both strong women and, and very like cool. We're going in, we're going to get everything done that we can get done and, and move. So I've had that strong mentality that way. So that's how my kids came along and I said, 
cool. I don't want to work these random retail hours anymore. And there's got to be, there's got to be a better way. And so I moved on to Ikea's installation company and I went out to people's houses and got to see, you know, instead of them bringing me their measurements, I was measuring and I had to figure out, okay, cool. We've got this box. How do we fit it in your space? How does it work for you? And let's move on from there. And it just was, you know, kind of crazy in that way. And then I'll tell you a little bit later, cause I'm sure you're going to ask, but uh, how I started my own business. <laughs> but, yeah, let's just say there was a client. <laughs> Well, there you go. There's my next question. Thanks, Jen. When did you start your business, Projects Within Reach? <laughs> so I started I started my business. See, you don't even have to ask me. I'm just going to lead you right into it. <laughs> I started my business in 2019. I, I left my job at the installation company. I just saw it wasn't as customer friendly as I really felt that the whole remodeling construction industry needs to be. And it's like, when you do something, you, you kind of, well, how I work is you do something and you're like, well, there's gotta, can't always be that way. Like, how can we make this situation better? And I had done my own remodels and I had done all that. And I had all this construction knowledge and I had all the design as well. And I, I'm a member of NKBA, so National Kitchen and Bath Association, which has rules and regulations, you know, next to a sink, you need to have 24 inches next to a stove, you need to have a minimum of 15 inches, I could keep going. But (laughs) these are all the numbers that are in my head. So you know, to have something, you know, beautiful and come out, you know, it's all these things that you have to think about. Yeah. But I, I started my business and literally I was trying to like get up off the ground and I got a phone call. Hey, can you help me with this kitchen? Sure. Not a problem. Um, and you know. That's so awesome. Well, since you're on it, please tell us a little bit more about your business and what you do in your business. We've spoken about that already. <laughs> you can elaborate um, a little bit more because I this is I love design myself. So I love right. everybody watches HGTV, right? And we and HGTV makes it look really simple. And right. there's a lot of planning that goes into things for sure. So uh what what I do is I help my clients from start to finish. That's the easiest way to say it. I can do everything from plans, which is usually the hardest part, not, not in terms of my side, but in terms of getting clients to lock down to a certain thing. Cause I can go into a space and say, Hey, this is what I think, but I don't, number one, I don't live there. Right. I I am not in their space every day. I just look at the space and for what it is. And I want the clients to really get them in the space. I'm there for five minutes and they're there for a lifetime or however long they are, they are there. So it really has to be first and foremost functional function first. You know, I could, anybody can, you know, throw cabinets into a space, but it's, you know, how you really think through the process, but it starts with plans and that the plans could start not so much the drawing of the plans, but the planning of the space could start, you know, six months, a year before we even get plans documented. Absolutely. And then I can help them from specifying, you know, what tile, what toilet, what kitchen cabinetry, what appliances, everything that goes into it. And it's really up to the client on how 
little bit they want me into the picture or how, you know, do they want me to run the whole, the whole gamut? Cause I can connect with contractors and, and get that process going as well. And then I'm there to follow up because I know all this construction. I know where the outlets are supposed to be. I know where, you know, we're supposed to put headers and soffits and, you know, those kinds of things. So that's awesome. Okay. So tell me something. What are the things people need to know before starting renovating their bathrooms or kitchens? Plans, planning, think of, think of the, the dream that you want, right? Like everybody has a dream. You, uh-huh. we all look at magazines, we all scan Instagram and see, Ooh, that's awesome. So planning is like first and foremost, uh-huh. because if you don't have a plan going into it, it's kind of like this giant question mark. And it's, it's, I actually have a whole like checklist that I go through literally the NKBA, the National Kitchen and Bath Association has a 26 page survey that I have that I can walk through with my clients. No, I don't show up and go cool. Let me, let's go through all these pages, but it's everything from how tall are you? Are you right-handed? Are you left-handed? Like it's all of these things that you have to take into consideration. And a lot of it, I can walk into the space and notice, but again, that goes back to the function of it all, but planning first and foremost, because if you were doing a project, Shireen, and you were like, Jen, I love this and 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 this. And I say, cool. Cause the next part I'm going to say is, what is your budget? And you're going to be like, yeah, so my budget is only $50,000, right? I'm going to say, great. So those 10 things that you just listed off, that's great, Shireen. But with your budget, that's not going to be possible. And this is where, why my company is called Projects Within Reach, Mm -hmm. because everybody has a project and everybody has a budget. Right. And so it's making that project within reach. And you're always going to have compromises, you're always going to have that. Because if you tell me, Hey, Jen, I have $50,000 for, for a kitchen, I'm going to say, okay, really, we have about 25,000 for that kitchen because I'm giving 25,000 to the contractor because that's what it's going to cost. And so now we need to talk about, am I doing appliances in that? Or are you okay to use your old ones for now? And then we'll change later. Or like there's those kinds of compromises. Because 25000 with the way the market is going right now and prices are just kind of increasing and increasing, you know, we do, we do our best. Right. Um, but ultimately, we want the client to be happy. And that's really what it's about and not taking them outside of their, their budget, outside of their comfort zone, you know, like when it comes to budgeting. That's awesome. Yeah, that makes sense. And what are some of the, the common mistakes people make when they renovate the kitchens and bathrooms? Some people get really stuck on that, on that budget and won't think through, like they won't vary a little bit. And that's not to say, cool, I want to spend more money. I want to spend more money, but it's, you know, sometimes you don't think through, like, do you need a trash cabinet? Does your trash cabinet, uh, I'll speak specifically about kitchen, you know, does your trash cabinet need to be next to your sink? Well, do you, when you're prepping your vegetables or prepping for your dinner, do you do that right next to the sink or do you do that on the island or do you do it on peninsula or where do you do that? And it's really thinking through how you work in that space when it comes to like a spa, like bathroom, right? Like that's the, the dream it's, do you buy, you know, large bulk shampoos and conditioners? Where are you going to store them? Like, do you have a wall niche 
in your shower. That's like, you know, it's wow. <laughs> like the need, you know, I always go to hotels and they have like those little things soap dish. Uh, that you can put your soap dish. Yeah. And I'm like, if I bring my soap from home, like my soap is, you know, yay big, like yeah. that doesn't fit. Right. But you know, in a hotel, that person's only there for a night or two or, or whatever, maybe a week max. So they don't have to think about that so much in commercial. But when it's in residential, for sure, you have to think through through a gamut of things. Wow. That is so interesting because a lot of those things you don't even think about. You know, you just want to, you see a photo and then you're like, oh, I want this kitchen. Give it to me. But you don't right, think about, right. you know, what do you right. do in the kitchen and what are your likes or dislikes in, in the right. way you work and, you know, what you have in your cupboards or what you have in your bathrooms. And you just see a picture and you go, oh, I want this. Just give it to me. Not realizing, does it fit your lifestyle? <laughs> Yeah, I've seen lots of those photos. The uh, I call it the whole open shelf movement. You know, everybody saw all the open shelves out and, oh, look, we could put our dishes and then we don't have to have these cupboards. And, and I said, I hate to be the reality fairy. I love to call myself the reality fairy, self, self-titled. But I'm like, if you're using those dishes every day, you know, we have dandruff and, 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 and dust and everything. And I said, that's just going to your dishes so you have to actually wash them before you use them and people are like maybe I don't want open shelves or the mom I have all my mom hat on all the time you know do you want glass cabinetry because do you really want to be showing off the plastic plates that your kids are eating off of probably not not right (laughs) (laughs) so it's it's those things it's thinking and you know what if they want glass cabinets to show off their kids dishes cool that's your house you know, and ultimately it's, it's their house. It's not mine. So it's, it's funny when I get the question about like, what's your design aesthetic, Jen? And I'm like, why does my design aesthetic mean anything? Because it's your house. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm working for you. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Oh my gosh. This is awesome. Okay. So what's your heart behind your business, Jen? I do it because I want to help people. Ultimately, it's it's not, you know, the money's nice. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> Isn't that what we all say as business owners? It's nice to get paid for what you, you know, the dream is to get paid for what you love to do. I get to play Tetris every day. I get to meet new people that I wouldn't necessarily meet, you know, every day. I get to see new and interesting houses. And at the end of the day, I get to help people have a better life, a better experience in their home. You know, it's going to be dusty. It's going to be dirty. But, you know, it's at the end of the day, it's depending on their project. It's, you know, a, a, a month to six months to whatever, you know, they get to have this beautiful home afterwards. And that for me is, you know, first and foremost, that's that's what I do it for. That is so cool. And tell me, what do you want people to know about what you do? So <laughs> what, what have I not already said? So if I'm um, listening and an inspiring designer one day, and I would like to, I'd like to do that one day, you know, what would you like me to know about what you do? If you're looking to go and remodel someday. Yeah, if I want to be what you are one day, listening, whatever the case may be, someone just wants to become a designer, you know, what do you want them to know about what you do? Being someone that's been in the industry for a few years, you know. 
a few, yeah, a decade, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's not one path into design, but I would make sure that you definitely find your niche because when you try and focus on too many things, you, you end up failing, right? Is that, is that, there's like some saying out there for that. And like I said before, like I can do other design, but I know that my passion is, is kitchens and bathrooms. You know, I get excited. Clients love the finish, right? I love seeing the walls when they're bare and we're putting electrical in. I'm not physically doing it. So don't think that, but as a kitchen and bath designer, I have to have that construction knowledge. And literally I have a book this thick <laughs> that, you know, kind of spells it all out, you know? So yeah, you know, take a, take a step in, do a, do an online class, you know, that's awesome. Cool. Talk to <laughs> Jen thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today and uh, you have a YouTube channel don't you I do have a YouTube channel where you can see some of my work you can hear me give tips and tricks and things because really at the end of the day on my YouTube channel it's all about like having that friend that's just like hey just want to give you some tips <laughs> like it's not you know if you you want to talk to me cool I'm, I'm willing to talk but obviously <laughs> Why? obviously but, <laughs> but yeah, yeah I do have a YouTube channel uh, at projects within reach right so I mean for the listeners I've gone and watched a couple of your your videos and it's fantastic it's very informative go and check her out it's projects within reach on YouTube so yeah Talking about you being on the podcast today. Yes. <laughs> I'd love to just say, just talk about Buzzsprout, which is the platform that I use for my, my podcast. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners. And the team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. Start with some gear that you already have and a quiet space. If you want to upgrade, Buzzsprout has tons of guides to help you find the right equipment at the right price. Following the link in the show notes, let's Buzzsprout know we sent you. Gets you a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan and help support our show. That's buzzsprout.com. Start your podcast today. So for the second part of our podcast today, I have a special visitor from the nonprofit American Cancer Society. So let's welcome her into the room. All right. Bethany, can you hear us? Ah, oh, she's connecting. Okay. She's connecting still. Connecting, connecting, connecting. <laughs> Everybody's Zoom issues. <laughs> Good morning. Hi. Good morning, Bethany. What's that? To do all the clicks, you know, to get it to get me live. I had to click here and here and here. Right. <laughs> I know what that feels like. Bethany, welcome on the show. I'm so glad to have you here. Right, this for everyone that's listening, this is Bethany Lynch, who is a senior development manager from American Cancer Society in Florida, USA. Yeah. So I'm so glad to have you. Welcome, Bethany. 
Thank you so much for having me. I had to represent Florida with my palm trees in the background. Stunning. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) We love that. So uh, Bethany, how I met you again is through BNI. (laughs) I love BNI. So I think everyone knows that the people I bring on here are all connected through BNI, which is a testament to BNI, just by the way. So even though you constantly hear me talking about BNI, 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 it just shows you how many people you meet and how many connections you make. So yeah, I met Bethany through BNI and I'm so happy to have her here. Her chapter name is Professional Biz Connections. So yeah, welcome, Bethany. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. My favorite Thank question. Thank you. I, I too love BNI and I, I think it's phenomenal and just so crazy that we found each other and you're in another country <laughs> and I'm here and I, I love it. But we're so virtual now we can really do business and work together from anywhere, which is really nice. So, exactly. um, okay. So about me, I am a proud Air Force brat. So uh, my dad, yeah, so my father was active duty Air Force my whole childhood up until college, you know, and that allowed me the opportunity to live all over the world. So while I, I am an American and I live in the United States, I moved around the world and I didn't, of course, appreciate it when I was a kid moving every two to four years and I didn't understand the benefit to me at that time, but it really afforded me the opportunity to be accepting and inclusive and tolerant of so many different cultures and people. And, and so I am an includer and I always do that. And so my, my friends always tease me. They're like, you pick up the strays everywhere you go. And I'm like, well, that's because I was always the stray, right? So um, <laughs> I'm like, I was always the stray. So I am really grateful for that experience and super proud of that part of me as well. So, so while I moved my whole young life, I've now lived here in Florida for 21 years uh, in Sarasota with my husband, Sammy, and we are raising two lovely teenagers at the moment. My Our daughter, Lily, who's 17 and starting, or getting ready to start her senior year of high school. And our son, Samuel, who is 14 and starting his freshman year of high school. So never knew how much I didn't know until they tell me every day how, you know, how much I need to learn. So, but that's fun. So pray for me and pray for Sammy that we get through the next few years. Of- right, don't worry. <laughs> Shaven. Yeah, it sounds exciting. It's super fun. But, and then as I say, and then as far as my career goes, I have been with ACS, which is our short for American Cancer Society. I've been with ACS for five years, but before that I had a corporate job. I was a, a pharmaceutical rep for Pfizer for 13 years. And then I um, had my own uh, race, running race planning business for five years and mm-hmm. found myself here. Right. That was, that's going to lead into my next question. How did you get involved? With How did American I get involved? Cancer Society? Yeah. So I like to say that the, the stars aligned or the universe brought me here because I actually thought I had, you know, after I had left corporate America and had done my race business, I thought, you know what, I'm really going to try and be a stay at home mom. I'm going to try this. So after about a year of that, the the universe had another plan. And my husband, after his 20 years with his company, got laid off. So while financially we would have been okay before, you know, before COVID and all that, I think that staying in the house with each other all day long was proved to be a little more challenging as we all learned during COVID, right? Like this was a pre-COVID 
COVID experience, we were like, oh my gosh, we're here together all the time. So, anyway, so I started working this like, you're in my world, you go to your world. So we started- I hear that started, all the time. I hear that I, all the time. It's so funny because we had, like I said, we had that experience prior to the world having the experience in COVID, but we were like, now you're micromanaging my stay at home duties. And like, I'll get, it was just so weird. And we couldn't, cause he didn't have anybody else to manage. So he was managing me. And I'm like, this is, <laughs> so I said, okay, my turn. So I went, um, I, I found a job and of course, I mean, it was, you know, it was making strides against breast cancer, planning the event. And I'm like, well, I can do that. That's great. And you don't have to think too far. Everybody is affected by cancer. So yes, of course, the mission was, was important to me. I have, I lost three of my grandparents to cancer and several other family members had been affected by cancer as well. So it just was like, it was a no brainer. So, so then after that, my sister, so two years after I had been working here, my sister was actually diagnosed with breast cancer. And I thought, well, isn't that interesting? I, I thought I was paying it forward so that perhaps we, we weren't going to have to go through a situation like that. But yeah, so the thing was, is that my involvement and my two years of experience with the ACS really proved invaluable to my family yeah. while we were navigating through that, you know, just the uncertainties of a cancer right. diagnosis. So yeah. that's, how we got here, right? Yeah. That is that is amazing. Just shows you how everything works out. That's what I said. Yeah. So the everything aligned. And I did not know that I was going to be 48 years old in a nonprofit that possibly saved my sister's, you know, sister's life and all that. Yeah. So it's kind of a kind of a cool thing. Awesome. And tell us a little bit about what you do there. So so my role as a development manager is to raise the money, revenue generation for the nonprofit to do all the good things that we do, right? So my sales experience with pharmacy, that's what they wanted me to do. And I was like, okay, I thought I was going to be planning a race. I didn't know I was, which is what I have been doing for the five years. I'm like, no, 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 that's great. But let's talk about sales experience. I'm like, Right. So, um, so yeah, like, I understand. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so in, in everything, you know, we have several different products, if you will, like the Making Strides Against Breast Cancer, Real Men Wear Pink kind of product. And then we have Relay for Life and different galas, but I I focus on everything pink. So all the breast cancer world. And so from sponsorship uh, generation and stewardship, from working with our high fundraisers, from committee members to plan the logistics of the event, from you know recruiting and motivating fundraisers and it's just everything in the community having to do with the breast cancer movement that we have yeah and it is actually it's funny because it's a it's actually a year-round thing you I mean it kind of ebbs and flows right but everything starting now until the end of October is pretty busy but after that it's still it's stewarding those relationships to make right making sure that the sponsors and the donors and the volunteers understand where their money goes, what they're doing, how they're helping and what they're supporting. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And I, well, and I would say, I'm proud to say that our community, because there's a community event, right? I'm just kind of leading the, the volunteer community. Our community is charged with raising over half a million dollars and just from our little county, couple of counties. And we have, we've met or exceeded those goals for the last few years. Awesome. So it's amazing to look uh-huh. at what our community has. Oh, congratulations. That is so cool. So when it comes to the American Cancer Society, what is the mission, vision, and values, Bethany, of that nonprofit? So the mission of the American Cancer Society, you'll see it everywhere we are, it's to save lives, celebrate lives, and lead the fight for a world without cancer. 
that's what we do. Everything, everything that we focus on, every pillar of work that we work in is to save lives and celebrate lives and lead the fight for the world without cancer. So, and I'm, and when you asked, I was like, I'm not, let me see if I can find what the written down values are. So I do have those and I, I loved, I knew all of this, but I love to see where it's written from corporate. So, you know, of course, integrity, right? Integrity, the American Cancer Society is the cancer authority when for cancer information. We have been in this space for so long doing the necessary, you know, getting the, getting the truth, getting the facts about the science. So integrity and compassion, you know, we are caring for and supporting all the people that are touched by cancer, whether it's the patient themselves or the family member or the provider who's taking care of those patients. So mm -hmm. compassion, uh, courage, of course, you know, there's a lot of challenges out there. So we are not deterred by the challenges. Determination, we've been doing this for a long time, I think, you know, over a hundred years. So we're not, we're not giving up, we're not leaving. So we are determined and diversity, which I love to say, because even five years ago, you know, everybody now is talking about diversity, right, and inclusion, and everybody has a, a diversity and equity and inclusion department. We've always had that. And we've always focused on underserved communities, the, the different, you know, the diverse communities. And so I'm proud to say that we thought that way before it became the news. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, right. So. Right. Right. It's, it's been around for a long time. Yeah. yeah. And we've been doing it for a lot. We, we actually, so, you know, it's just, we finished in, in the United States Pride Month ended yesterday. Yes. And we had, we had an interview, a couple, like a panel with a couple of different, different experts. And one of the gentlemen, he was, you know, in his sixties and he said, you know, I came out when I was 14 years old. So think about how long ago that was. Right. And we asked him, you know, what could the American Cancer Society do, do to be, to stay, you know, be inclusive and more equitable in this space? And he said, keep doing what you're doing. You all have done this for so long. And I'm like, no, that's amazing, right? Exactly. So. That is so cool. And then what does uh, the American Cancer Society and, or not what, how does the American yeah. Cancer Society serve the community? So many ways, right? So if you think about the American Cancer Society, I'll just kind of ask you real quick, like, what do you think about when you think about the American Cancer Society? Well, like, I what's was the gonna, thing you think of? Right. So what I was actually going to mention after, you, after this was the big, I think for me, we, the biggest thing I have seen is the impact that cancer makes on the families itself, mm -hmm. especially mm -hmm. on children, you know, when children's cancer and what happens to the family when they have to actually leave their job because either they have to be permanently at the hospital with their child. Yeah. So a loss of income and then it's not, and it doesn't just last a few months, sometimes years right. and years. And so it really impacts the family. And so mm -hmm. what I, I love about the American Cancer Society is that you you support the families as well. It's not mm -hmm. just about the the victims of cancer. And it is right. horrible. It's horrible because the victims yeah. go through a lot as well. I mean, it's not just, oh, I've got cancer. Oh, I'm going to fight cancer now. Oh, okay, possibly I've beaten cancer. But mm -hmm. it's also the afterlife of the whole continuum of care, right? Like the whole the diagnosis, the treatment, the way it affects the family. And then like we talked about living with cancer, living after cancer, right? That's a Why? whole other thing. Survivorship, right? That's a whole other thing. And then, but so it's, that's, 
you are much more versed, I think, than the many people are when you ask them about what the American Cancer Society does. Because most people will say, well, they fund research. Well, right. yeah, we fund research. Okay. So I will tell you that, yes, the American Cancer Society funds research. We are actually the largest the nonprofit funder of research and you know so not you know non-governmental funder so that is that's amazing yes, so the fantastic. discovery the research that leads to the breakthroughs in the treatment for cancer so if you looked over the past 100 years or even you know 75 years the discovery pillar of the American Cancer Society has led to most major breakthroughs in cancer treatment, prevention, and diagnosis. So that's what we're doing, which is great, right? Like we're super proud of that, right. uh, which is amazing. So then you also have, you know, thinking of the pillars. So we have discovery, then we have advocacy. So I'm not sure what the governments are like in South Africa, but in the United States, you know, we have our state, our local, our local, our state and federal government, and we have advocacy teams that are fighting for cancer patients' rights at all of these levels of government so that we can help remove those barriers to care, right? So just a cancer patient should have access to all the care that they need. So the other thing is what you talked about, that direct cancer support, that patient support. We provide 24-hour a day, seven day a week, 365 day a year, support for cancer patients in their families, in their friends, throughout that cancer continuum, which is awesome, which is really great. And, you know, so then you think about, and I'll talk about that a little bit later, but, you know, you think about in that cancer journey or when you have that diagnosis, there's so many questions you have and you go to the doctor and you, you hear, it's like Charlie Brown's parents, like you can't understand what they're saying. You're like, well, okay. So you then take that information and then you call the 800 number for the American Cancer Society, or you go to cancer org and you get that patient support, which, which is amazing. So, and then of course, talking about equality and being in the communities and making sure that everyone has a fair opportunity to be, you know, prevent, detect, and treat cancer. So that's what's happening in the community. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. I would have thought that, you know, everyone would have known about supporting the patients and, you know, the research, but what I like about you guys specifically is that you include the support for the families as well. Yes. Because I know that you do get some non profits like Family Reach and they only focus on the support of the family Mm -hmm. because they feel that the family does get neglected a little bit as Mm -hmm. opposed to the victim itself of cancer. And so I love the fact that you guys are all around, you know, you do everything. Well, and and because it doesn't just affect a person in a silo, like it's it affects the whole the whole unit. And you know, I think about what so one of our patient support. Well, there's two. Okay, so the, one of the patient support areas is our road to recovery program. So that is getting a ride to and from treatment. If you can't get there, you can't get better. All right. Mm-hmm. So here I am. You know, when five years ago, we have parent of at the time, not teenagers, right? Two young kids. I have a husband who works full time. I have a lot of family. So I'm like, well, why would I need road to recovery? Why would I need a ride? I can take care of that. Mm -hmm. So I always think about how does it affect me? Like, how could I apply this to my life? And I started Mm -hmm. thinking about it and I'm like, okay, well, if this happened to me, my kids at the time, you know, they were going in 10 different directions a day. They needed rides here and there. So my husband would have had to do that because that was my job, right? So my husband would have had to do that and, and, or take off work to do those kinds of things. So you don't Mm -hmm. want to disrupt 
the kid's whole world just because, you know, just because I have to go to treatment. So mm-hmm. I think, I'm like, okay, I could utilize that so that my, the rest of my family's life could continue as close to normal as possible. Right. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, that makes good sense, right? And so that it's not just that little old person who lives by themselves who needs a ride to treatment. It's not just that person, right? Yes. So it, you have to try to, and now with gas prices being as high as they are, this is a great opportunity. You're like, let me schedule a ride. I don't have to pay for my gas, you know, because you have to travel 30, 40 minutes to get to. Right. So, um, because your gas prices are probably cheaper in Florida than they are I, Yeah, I know, I know. I know. <laughs> We're competing with California right now, I think so. <laughs> they are? Wait, hold on. Stop right there. Yeah. Are yeah. you telling me yeah. that it's different prices for petrol? Yeah, because each state taxes them differently. Oh, yeah. um, and That's I met crazy. a German when I was skiing in the winter, and he told me that our prices in California were just as high as they were in Germany. So, yeah. Yeah. So another thing I wanted to just point out, and before we get on to the next question, Many people have heard of the Ronald McDonald houses, right? That's where the yes. children during their cancer So the American yeah. Cancer I'm so proud that I know about them. I don't know why. I'm like, I'm in South Africa and I know about them. <laughs> well, the American Cancer the right Society shows. has um, Hope, the Hope Lodge. We have Hope Lodges. So we have yeah. over 200 Hope Lodges near our major, can- near major cancer institutions that people can go with their caregiver and stay for an unlimited amount of time during any part of their cancer treatment. So it can be your initial diet, you know, your initial treatment, it could be your your surgery, it could be during radiation, it could be for follow-up, it could be at any time that you need it. And that's an invaluable, really an invaluable support offering because we talked about the cost, right? I mean, there are so many costs that you know, we can't pay them all, but this is something that we can do. And I saw that personally with my sister. She traveled to New Orleans for mm-hmm. two different sessions. The first time she and my parents went and, you know, why would you listen to baby sister? So she, they went and stayed 10 days in a hotel. Wow. So 10 days in a hotel, large enough for three people, one that's, you know, just after surgery, mm-hmm. it's not cheap I had to fly there and to stay there. You know. So the second time they went, I was like, please please reach out to the American Cancer Society. Please utilize the Hope Lodge. And they, my, she and my dad were like, oh my gosh, it was so amazing and so welcoming and so comfortable and just so warm. And they have like a meditation room. They have a reading. Like, it's just beautiful. It's a wonderful experience and it's completely free to the patient. That's why I do my, you know, my fundraising. That is fantastic. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's really more understanding as well than, than a hotel. Cause a hotel, you're going to have all those like gawkers, like what the hell happened to her? Right. Yeah. Well, like, and that was the thing. So they have a big kitchen and then she's got people in there that are all going through some similar situation that you are. And right. it really builds that community. So you don't feel like you're alone. And that's the whole point. You don't ever want a cancer patient or their family to feel like they're going through it alone because exactly. it's scary. So yeah, so it was really, and then, you know, and you're in a hotel, they, they don't care that you're not feeling good. They're going to come knock on your door and, eh, you know, ready to clean. And they're like, no, I just fell asleep. You know, so the Hope Lodge is amazing. So that is awesome. that's yeah. so cool to hear. I did not know yeah. that. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's cool. So Bethany, can so what? you, what's that? <laughs> so what's next? <laughs> well, what's I was going to ask question? you. 
can people donate or volunteer towards your nonprofit? Yeah, so I think you've heard me. Like we couldn't do anything that we do without donors and without volunteers. So the American Cancer Society started over a hundred years ago by a community of volunteers that said, we have to get, we have to make a difference. So um, we are staff supported, but volunteer led, volunteer driven. So you can, you know, become a volunteer. You can make a tax tax deductible donation. You can participate in an event, all of those things. And all of it is found through cancer.org or our 800 number. So you can find anything and everything you want like 50,000 pages of information on cancer.org. So, but if you don't want to search on the website, you can always call the 800 number. And every community has some way to participate and volunteer. So, okay. So that's cancer.org. Cancer.org. And the number is 0800? It's 800-227-2345. So 800-ACS-2345. Awesome. And so if people needed assistance mm-hmm. and they want to that number. out to you, they can call that number. And okay, yeah. that's awesome. So the call, and again, it's 365 days a year, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you will get a person and uh-huh. which is pretty amazing. And, you know, not to sound like a broken record. It was funny. I was doing a presentation one time and people kept asking me the questions and I'm like, cancer.org that's where you'll find the information if you want cancer facts and figures you go to cancer.org we also have the international cancer facts and figures figures on there so if you want to look at you know what are the incidences of xyz cancer you can find that on there so awesome um, i was gonna say is that worldwide so worldwide anybody can reach out for that yes so i don't know i know that we serve there's all the different languages there's like 20 different languages that people are on the phone they can connect you to the right person but we have partnerships internationally for sure i mean i know we you know we definitely work in puerto rico and our ceo works with international as well so there's a lot of good work being done all over that's awesome that's so cool. Yeah. And Thank you so much. So, and, you know, and we talked you know, this earlier this week, and I think it's important. One in three women and one out of every two men will be diagnosed with cancer in their lifetime. So mm-hmm. that, while well, that is a staggering number, like it's crazy to think about that, right? But the mortality rates have gone down. So the work that's being done, the research, the prevention, the treatment, all of that that's being done, we are making, not, not to be a pun, but we're making strides, right? We're making strides in that fight against cancer. So interesting statistics. So more than $3 billion have been invested in cancer research since 1991, and that's 3.5 million fewer cancer deaths. So wow. we're making it, you know, it's, it's making an impact. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is so, so, yeah. That is so cool. So I'm really glad and excited that you came on because I think cancer is a really close to the heart topic for everybody all over the world. I think someone Mm -hmm. has has been touched by cancer in some way, shape or form. And uh, I know I have, so it's a big thing for me. And so glad that you you took the time just to come on here and and spread awareness and talk about what American Cancer Society does. So thank you very much for that. You're I really welcome. appreciate it. So, ladies, don't remember anything that I said today. The okay. only thing you need to remember is if you or someone you know is diagnosed with cancer, you call the eight hundred number. Call the American Cancer Society because 
from that 800-227-2345, you are connected to all the resources, everything you need. So again, can't, you can't think of all the things you, you need when you don't know what you need, but when you can call somebody who can help walk you through that, help navigate through the journey, just just reach out to the American. And, and, you know, people tell us all the time, maybe me more because I work here now, but you always are hearing about my sister, my brother, my, you know, my uncle, so-and-so was diagnosed with cancer. And you're like, I'm, I'm really sorry to hear that. How can I help? Can I bring you food? Can I clean your house? But you know, these kinds of things, but now you can say you need to call the American Cancer Society, right? Like you can do something for them that they didn't know. Most people are saying, I didn't know I could do that. So now you all are, now you all are empowered and armed with some way to help when somebody tells you that. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. And for the pe- listeners out there, if you all just want to take some time and go to the website and just donate, you know, whether it be $1, $2, doesn't matter. If you want to help, that is a great way to help. If you don't have, you know, a American Cancer Society in your area and you just, you, you want to, you have a heart to help mm-hmm. out, please donate, you know, go and, and, and whatever little bit you want to give, it helps. It goes a long way, especially if we all come together and do this. So thank you so much. But ladies, I do want to, before we go to the last segment of the podcast, I do want to just ask you, why do you do what you do? So Bethany, why do you do what you do? Because it has to be done, right? I do it because it has to be done because one in three people, one in three women and one in two men are dying of cancer because we, we need the funding. We need the research. We need the information out there. So once you become aware of like, once your eyes are open, you can't not do it, right? Yeah. It has to be done. Mm-hmm. I want my children to grow up in a world where hearing the words you have cancer don't necessarily mean a death sentence or, you know, or maybe they don't have to ever hear the words you have cancer. That would be even better. Right. Yeah. So to take the fear away and, and, you know, just to make a difference. So that's why I do it. And, and again, if you would ask me 10 years ago, or when I was a young person starting out with my big corporate job, you know, would I have thought that I would ever say that? Probably not. You know, I was like, yeah. how much money can we make? And how, you know, what kind of car can I buy? And what kind of house am I going to get? You know, but once you realize it's not about that, yeah. not, you know, yeah. making a difference, like it's kind of like, doesn't really matter if you get cancer and you can't be, you know, you can't live your life. So exactly. Yeah. No, it's so true. I mean, tomorrow's not guaranteed. I always say that. I mean, that's one of the biggest things we've learned, especially through the pandemic. Um, yes. Tomorrow's not guaranteed. So right. live your life today. And we can do all the things. We can we can do as many of the things as possible to help reduce the risk. Yes. And some might happen, but at least you know you've done what you can. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. What about yourself, Jen? Why do you do what you do? Just to help people, because not everybody has a friend that can come help them, you know, give them their opinion on design for sure. So <laughs> not everybody can have a beautiful kitchen like this without, you know, that. Right. That's what I wanted a- to say. That is one of the kitchens you've designed behind you right now. If you're watching on YouTube, is that correct, Jen? <laughs> yeah, this is a few years so ago. If you're watching yeah. on YouTube right now. Jen is sitting in in one of the kitchens she's actually designed. So she is very talented. So (laughs) 
if you're looking for a great kitchen and bathroom designer please i am recommending jen over and over and over again because i think she's fantastic so all right so we've come to the last part of the podcast ladies which is story time or ask a question time and today we're going to ask a question so you can ask (laughs) any question about my life south africa business you name it i don't you know whatever tickles your fancy so go ahead <laughs> Jane, you can go it's like it's like adult truth or dare i'm ready uh-huh. <laughs> so i know shireen you go on crazy adventures but i'll open it to, to you as well bethany what's the craziest adventure that you've done because life is all about adventures and it doesn't have to be you know super crazy but that one adventure that kind of sticks out to you as well. Mm. I love that I've stumped you both. (laughs) I love it. I've Mm. had quite a few adventures in my life, but I think one of the most memorable ones would probably be me and my younger self when I went over to Indiana to become a camp counselor. I know that sounds so funny. But it was awesome living in a forest and living inside a little log cabin and having different children every week and doing all these fantastic activities. And I think that was, I think, the second time I've ever been in the States. The first time I went to the States was when I was 16 for a school group. But the second time I went was when I was a camp counselor at one of the YMCA camps called Potawatomi. And that was probably the most memorable. I mean, the activities were great. The children was great. And we did sailing and it was, I taught dancing. And so, yeah, I mean, that adventure was great. I met some awesome family and that's where I actually met my, who I call my American family. They kind of adopted me. So I had an extra month when I was done camp counseling where I didn't have anything to do. And my American family, the mom of the one of the girls that I made friends with, another camp counselor, came and collected me. She's like, come, pack your bags. You're spending the next month in my house and we're going to go all over the place. So we went to festivals. It was Indiana. I mean, Indiana was fantastic. It was so uh, country. And I mean, I'm a, I'm a country lover myself. So country music, everything country absolutely loves. So it was so nice to see Indiana and explore and do some of the festivals, the Apple Festival. I don't know if any of you have heard half these festivals, but they, they have these fantastic festivals. And so I thoroughly enjoyed enjoyed that time and we also I mean I didn't just stay in Indiana I went to Chicago to go and explore there and yeah I mean it was just so awesome yeah thanks for mm-hmm. asking there's some pretty <laughs> cool festivals in California so we have the garlic festival the artichoke festival the asparagus festival I'm coming I'm coming <laughs> just saying just wait for it I'm coming so I think and it's sad that this was so long ago. My adventures happened when I was a kid, like a kid and living all over the world, right? I mean, like that's some really cool things to do. We lived in Germany for, for four years and went all over, all over Europe and did some really cool things. And I, I can remember thinking, I do remember being appreciative of this when I was there, but riding the, tr- cause it was still communist Germany, you know, and um, taking the train 
from West Germany through East Germany to get to West Berlin. So I remember being on the train as a kid and like armed guards walking by and they're like, don't look out the window. You're you know, in the communist part now. You can't look outside. And, and then arriving in West Berlin, which is so weird that you had a capital in a, anyway, going through the checkpoint and, and then going to West Berlin and then going over to like the wall and then I, just all of that. I remember thinking, this is crazy. And then the stores in East Berlin, they had all this stuff on the front, but then there was nothing inside them. Wow. Just, just, you know, like, be careful that people are going to want to buy your Levi's off of your body. Like, it, yeah. So I just remember thinking you know, all these really cool adventures that I had as a child that you don't have, I, I didn't have in the United. I wouldn't have had, my kids haven't had because we, they live in Florida. So interesting. Just growing up like that was an adventure. Right. It's really cool. Bethany, it sounds like you need to, to create another adventure for yourself. <laughs> I, did, I did go to the Bahamas, or, you know, not, not the normal Bahamas, but we went to the Abaco Islands of the Bahamas. So that was kind of rural and rustic. You can only get there by, by a boat. So that was kind of fun. Awesome. So that, you know, that's <laughs> Right. I mean, that's, it's, you know, whatever it is, you know, it is your adventure. I mean, for me, something saying to you that I went, that, that was one, one of the most mem- memorial, memorial, what the? Memorable. <laughs> memorable. Memorable. Goodness me. <laughs> most memorable times would be something like a a summer camp for you guys that's every day but for me I remember it was only the second time I'd ever been to the states and I was still young and I remember I had to like fly take so many flights to get to the Indiana airport and then I had to find my own way to a train station all by myself and from the train station had to catch a train to to another train station and then from there get out and someone was going to pick me up that I had no clue I'd never met in my life before so and my bag broke so it was like I've I've accomplished so much by getting here right (laughs) so for me it was my adventure so yeah Bethany what what's your question well I had one in my mind that I was going to ask you. And then last night I was like, this is such a more fun question. So what is your go-to karaoke song? If you were forced to sing karaoke, what would you say? (laughs) Why is that song? I don't know why, but the song, walk out the door, don't turn around now, because you're not welcome anymore. I don't know <laughs> you have to dance like that too, right? When right. What is the name of the song, though? I will survive. I will survive. That's it. Thank you. I will survive is the answer to that question. What about yourself, Jen? I would say "Amazed" by Lone Star. I just, yeah, it's such a great song. How does you it love country. You don't know "Amazed" by Lone Star. How does it go, Jen? <laughs> well, now is the time to sing karaoke. <laughs> um, I don't have the words on the screen. <laughs> no, I know that song. I'm just trying to get you to sing a little bit. <laughs> funny. Love what about it. yourself, Bethany? What is your oh, go-to? So my, I haven't sang karaoke in a long time. 
but my go-to song used to be, and probably still would be because I would think I could still do it, would be Janis Joplin, Me and Bobby McGee. Oh. And after a couple cocktails, you get really good at that one. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> well, I, I, no, I'm being honest. I have never heard of no, that no. song. I mean, Janis Joplin, right? Oh, it's definitely, a, it's an older song, but no. it's a good feeling song. You've got to listen to it. It's great. It's groovy. Go on YouTube and check it out. Okay. <laughs> you're not gonna sing a line for me <laughs> oh no because you gotta have the whole vibe <laughs> uh, ladies no, no, no. i love it no and the other question i would like to know because this is it this is interesting to me again go back you know i thought back to when i lived all over the world i would love to know what do south africans what is the opinion of americans in south mm, africa it's a great question. that was always an interesting thing what is the opinion of Americans. What do you, what do South Africans think of Americans? Gotcha. Um, that is very interesting because now I have a lot of American friends that have an American family. So I think they, they are a very specific type of people. So <laughs> I am very used to the, the way that Americans are. So they are, they're very patriotic and they can be very, outspoken and straightforward and I the funny thing is, is I, I love my American friends and family so I think you know it's if you asked me this question 10 years ago I would have turned around and going oh they've got their life oh the yeah, American right? dream you know though I say that and that's still true today you know you can be anything you want to be in America uh, that is true. And that still remains true today. Uh, whereas I think it's a little bit harder here. You can't, walking dogs is not really a career that you can can live on. Dancing, unless you get something really good, is not really a, a career you can live on. It's I know it's very hard to, to try and explain. Cleaning houses, you can, people make a full-on career of that in America. I've seen it when I was an au pair in America, you know, mm -hmm. that, that was their, they would come in and clean the house and that was their career and they got good money from it. It's, yeah, I can't, I can't really say the same here in South Africa. Is that a good answer? I don't know. When you're as open, you know, and you understand other cultures better, like you were saying earlier, Bethany, you, you do want to know what people think of Americans because there is this, this stigma of like, we're loud, we're obnoxious, we want what we want, we want. <laughs> yeah, you know, we are, you know, we are the epitome of, of the Karen, right? Like, mm -hmm. that's, that's what oh, yeah, that's a little bit harsh. I don't know if I feel that way. But then again, as I said, I mean, I've got family well, and friends there. And I love you guys, so... You also have enough Americans at this point that you your eyes have been you know opened and you see that it's not that typical stereotype. But yeah, right. I mean, I love Americans, so it's all good. <laughs> so yeah, I think we've gone over the time quite a bit, but I am so thankful for the conversation that we've had, ladies. Please tell the listeners where they can find you, Jen. Where where can they find you if they are inspired by you and they want to know more? about you and they would love to reach out and ask you more questions where can they find you 
So you can see up-to-date kind of projects and stuff that's on Instagram at Projects Within Reach. You can find us on uh, the website, which is projectswithinreach.com. And I'm sure, and on YouTube, sorry, I forget about YouTube, but you can find your, you know, friend, loving friend on YouTube telling you what you need, what you don't need. Awesome. You also have a LinkedIn page, yeah? I do as well. See, right. there's too much interest. <laughs> They're all there. They can find us anywhere now, right? It's like we're anywhere. What about yourself, Bethany? Well, I would say if you have cancer questions, of course, reach out to cancer.org and and the 800 number. But if you need me, you can I'm I'm on Facebook, Bethany Crick with a K Lynch. I am on Instagram and I you you can email me at bethanyk.lynch at cancer.org. Thank you so much, ladies. I really appreciate it. You can find me personally on LinkedIn. That would be my business page, Shireen Boerta. But you can most likely find the podcast information and all that on the actual website, which is friendsfromwildplaces.buzzsprout.com. That is the website for the podcast. You can also find it on the YouTube where you can go like comment and subscribe uh, share the podcast do all the things because your support is really needed and thanks for listening and we'll see you all next time and remember you got this and stay wild bye guys bye you've been listening to friends from wild places with shireen Buerta. be sure to subscribe to the podcast from the links to catch every episode and unleash your passion